0: delivering all the news, the informed views, and just telling great motorsport stories since 2003. Powered by theracetalk.com, this is On The Grid. G'day everyone, and welcome to another episode of On The Grid here on mypodcasthouse.com or on the radio show Limited's RS1. Thank you so much for joining us, a big show coming your way very soon, Tom Archuley will catch up. With Will Davidson to talk about what is going to be a massive weekend for supercars as uh, we get into Sandown this weekend, followed by Auckland in a couple of weeks, and then the big one, the Bathurst 1000, not too far away. We're also going to catch up with Brett Ralph. Now, you may have read over the last couple of days that uh, the Ralph family have purchased a uh, major share in the Shell V Power Racing team. Of course, Dick Johnson Racing. We'll have a chat to Brett in just a tick, myself and Richard Crail. All about that and what it involves and how it moves forward. Mark Walker also to join us for a chat in the week of sport. All that to come right here on The Grid. You're listening to the latest from around the motorsport world. On The Grid. All right, joining me as he does always at the top of the program, Richard Kroger hey Shabeks, nice to be with you once again. Big news this week. I think we should dive straight into this. Yeah, I think we should too. This is a, a, a good interview. This is a, a new person, I suppose, new blood into motor racing Uh, you may have seen over the last couple of days the reports have come through that a uh, DJR has been a majority uh, part of DJR has been sold to the Ralph family Brett and Sean Ralph. and uh, Brett joins us on the line to have a chat about the purchase and other things as well Brett good day to you
1: wonderful to talk to you Tony and you too Richard
0: wonderful to have you on board thank you so much Brett I will I should probably declare my interest straight off the top (laughs) that I do work in part, or not in part, but in for Brett uh, as the media manager of the Melbourne Aces, which uh, is the entity that has purchased the uh, the shareholding in Dick Johnson Racing. Was this something that has taken uh, a while to come fruition, Brett, or was it something that uh, was put to you over the last uh, couple
1: of months? It's an opportunity that uh, came to be just over recent months. And of course, when you, Get offered an opportunity like this, mate. You don't mess around. You grab it with both hands and don't let it get away. Who wouldn't want to be a part
0: owner of DJR? That's very true. One of the uh, one of the the teams in supercars, uh, probably the most richest history team in supercars, going all the way back to the days that Dick was racing. And and you're right. It, the the history involved with Dick. And I've read comments of that you've made in the last couple of days in regards to the dealings that you've had with Dick. Uh, in the more recent future. A, a fantastic bloke, a lovely family there as well. And and this really goes to your ethos from what I know of the Ralph family is that it's just making family on family on family. And that's what it's all about.
1: Well, as you know, Tony, our business is all about the family. And when I first met Dick and his wife, Joey, it was amazing how just, uh, they can make you uh, feel part of a family so quickly. They, um, they're good Queensland people and, they very quickly made Sean and I feel a, a part of the team there. And right from the get-go, we felt very positive that this was something that was going to really work in well with everything that we're trying to do.
2: Brett, firstly, congratulations. Welcome to the the motorsport family. Uh, has there been a, a long motorsport interest from your side of things has this been something you've had your eye on for some time or is this a more recent interest of yours that's that's emerged through this opportunity
1: well sean and i are are both sports enthusiasts and we you know we've got an interest pretty well across all sports i can't say that either of us would profess to be motorsporting experts but as we've uh, been introduced to it more and more, particularly through an association we had with Anton B. Fisqually, who a few years ago, we bumped into at the Australian Grand Prix and formed a friendship. And he, he's an amazing young man. And we became big fans of his and we were following his career. And then uh, along came an opportunity to, you know, perhaps formalise our uh, relationship with motorsport. And it was uh, Anton who first put the idea to us that would we potentially have any interest? And we said, uh, tell us more. And pretty quickly from there, we uh, we worked out that this was something that we were pretty keen to do.
0: But you uh, have a hand in a few different pies across the, the sporting world, and I suppose we should uh, go through that and, and let people know exactly where... Uh you're invested in, but primarily as the owner of the Melbourne Aces and then through the Melbourne Aces, a shareholding in the Melbourne Storm, now in Dick Johnson Racing. Uh, also the netball team in Queensland.
1: Well, the Sunshine Coast Lightning, who, you know, we're very proud They've got an uh, amazing record since the inception of uh, the new league. Uh, you know, one of the winningest teams in netball. But in addition to that, We've also got a connection with Melbourne United basketball team, which also has um, a very successful record, particularly over the last few years, having won a couple of titles.
2: And and how much do you draw between the various franchises you're involved in? So the Aces and the Storm, for example, and, and what can you take from those outfits and put into DJR and and take some learnings from... Outside of motor racing and perhaps bring into
1: the team, again, Sean and I you know over thirty years of being in business together we've we have certain principles that we believe in that we think have worked very well in our business. and fundamentally the core one there is about work ethic. So when we look at investors in other areas, um, the work ethic at Melbourne Storm. Is uh, very well known. It's one of you know the people at Melbourne Storm. Every person there is an extremely hardworking person, and, and uh, you can see with some of the players who have resigned from the Storm uh, recently or retired, I should say, from the Storm. People like Cooper Cronk, they ask what the uh, the secret sauce is at Melbourne Storm. He keeps giving them the same answer, which is hard work, and we identified that those sort of uh, principles apply across all the teams that we've uh, invested in and it's a formula that we subscribe to. So we just see ourselves aligning with organisations that have that fundamental desire to work as hard as you can to achieve the best results. And it keeps uh, showing up that the proof is in the pudding, this uh, success in business, success on the field, and success in the other endeavours that these organisations have, which across all of those sporting organisations, there's a real commitment to delivering for the community, not just uh, achieving in the particular sporting field, but they have a broader sense of the purpose of the organisation. And all of those are appealing to us.
2: Yeah, and, and motorsport's got such a great community outreach as well. It reaches a lot of people like the footy codes do, especially, and it's sort of got that hands-on approach in in directly interacting with their fans. Uh, Ryan Story, who's been such an integral part of Dick Johnson Racing for a long time now and, and responsible for helping bring the team to where it is to this day, was very clear when they started this process that it was about finding a partner, not necessarily someone that could just tip some money in. It was about finding someone that they could work with. Is that an approach? you Obviously, share, and you must be looking forward to that partnership and working with people like Ryan and and Dick and his family to to evolve the team and and take it to new levels.
1: Absolutely, and there's a perfect example of somebody who has the sort of work ethic that I'm talking about. And I don't think it's a secret to most motorsport fans that. Ryan has had some health challenges, and part of the uh, problem there is every time he gets well, he basically works himself to exhaustion and, uh, and becomes unwell again. But Ryan and I um, clicked virtually immediately. We, uh, it's amazing how closely aligned uh, at our opinions are on a whole host of things. Um, the means a genius uh, across a whole range of endeavours, mm. he's been... Successful in everything he's put into as well, and I'm absolutely uh, looking forward to working with him.
0: But I, uh, the one thing I do know of you is that you're able to identify situations within organisations, and then you get in there and you weave your magic, you fix that situation, and all of a sudden things start happening. Uh, can we expect the same sort of thing at Dick Johnson Racing? Will you cast your eye over the business and make specific changes if need be?
1: Well, I could understand you saying that, Tony, because, you know, you might look at it and say, oh, Brett and Sean Rolf have been successful, haven't they? Everything, um, you know, they've uh, touched has turned to gold. But I've got to tell you, it kind of helps a bit when the, uh, the place you invest in is already in pretty good shape. And if you have a look across the organisations yeah. we've been involved in, they've been in very good shape when we've got there. So... Um, and that definitely applies with DKR. You know, I firmly believe that Sean and I have managed to associate ourselves with the best team in motorsport, um, particularly, you know, if you look across a, a longer um, time span, the the team has always been at the pointing end of the field. So we'll endeavour to, um, to try and assist to, you know, bring the little things that we know to, help to uh, continue the improvement that the team has. But uh, whilst, you know, we are very much, we have expectations of success. We want to win. We want to drive the championship. We, you know, uh, want to win the manufacturer's title. And we won't be happy if we don't achieve that. But those desires are already there. And the performance is already on the board too. So we feel we're in a pretty good uh, place you
2: know, to launch from. Uh, you'd be accustomed to big events. Baseball has the finals. The the Storm has played in its fair share of, of premierships in the NRL. Uh, you have an anticipation and expectation about what it's going to be like to be on the grid at Mount Panorama for our grand final for the
1: Bathurst 1000 in October? Yeah, now that's something that, you know, I think I'm going to have to wait to experience. Um, Bathurst is... Something very special. Um, I I was uh, able to be at Bathurst last year and it was um, a tremendous experience. But um, I I really can't get my head around what that might feel like to be there as one of the team owners and, you know, especially what it must feel like, you know, to win a Bathurst title. So, I don't think that I could uh, really anticipate what that might feel like. I might
0: just have to wait for that to happen. But I can only imagine what the majority of your customers, your your big customers at Jet Couriers, are thinking about this because I've been fortunate enough to go to a couple of the corporate boxes that Jet Couriers have hosted over time at different motor racing events. And there seems to be a very large supporter base of motor racing fans in your customer group. So they would be applauding this from the hills?
1: Um, I haven't had a chance to talk to all that many of them. That you'd be aware the announcement of our involvement is still fairly recent. But I think what you're suggesting will be right. There will be some keen interest of, you know, across uh, the client base of Jet Careers. And, and as you do know, we do love to entertain our clients at sporting events. And the, the reach of supercars across the, the Australian public is huge far bigger than i suspect a lot of people fully appreciate there are so many people that are very passionate uh about supercars the whole you know ford holden thing still survives it's still there it's still red versus blue and um i've been a, a passionate ford person since um i was a kid and so very happy now to be associated with djr
0: all right, Brett, we really appreciate your time and, and once again, welcome you to the motor racing community, you and you, your family through Sean and the like. Uh, a wise man once said to me, the great way to end up with a small fortune in motor racing is to start with a big one. Not sure if you've heard that saying yet.
1: I have heard that one, but we'll be doing our best to ensure that's not the case.
0: <laughs> good on you, mate. Thanks, Brett. Appreciate your time and uh, good luck with uh, the with venture from 2023 onwards. <laughs>
1: And thanks very much, boys.
0: Brett Ralph joining us here on The Grid. There's more great motorsport stories coming next on The Grid.
3: A nine of the 2022 Supercars Championship heads to Sandown in Melbourne, and joining me is Derek Ambassador and the Shell V-Power Racing, Will Deverson. Hello, Willie. Howdy, Tom. Mate, the Bend qualified no better than sixth, but. Some strong results, second and fourth in the rain on Sunday. How was that weekend for you?
1: Uh,
4: definitely not. Uh, yeah, not uh, not the tidiest of weekends, I suppose. Um, yeah, quite 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 messy. But we sort of were able to still dig deep and and salvage, you know, some positives out of each day. But certainly around, we were you know really quite excited about. Um, but it, it provided some challenges. For us, unexpectedly, I mean, two-day format. I go back to that, you know, same old saying that if you if you don't roll out well on a two-day meeting, uh, you know, you're really on the back foot. And you know, it was a circuit everyone had tested at again, just like Winton. Uh, a lot of the rookies had tested the week before, and when I say rookies, that's also Triple Eight with their driver and um, Tickford and you know um, Erebus. So a lot of people seem to you know have a bit of a, a head start and. Uh, just put us on the back foot a little bit. Um, we weren't quite where we expect to be with the car, and um, and yeah, just just it created a few challenges for us. I made just too many mistakes at crucial moments, and with the three part qualifying, we were really digging our way out of a couple of holes. And um, yeah, but we still managed yeah a couple of you know really quite strong results, particularly Saturday with the second and a you know really quite a fast race car.
3: So we threw the race in the rain on Sunday. So, what's the biggest challenge in a race like that?
4: Yeah, it was that was insane. It was uh, actually a lot of fun. I really enjoyed the race, um, and just just the 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 the, the, uh, the vision at the start was was next to nothing. Uh, the spray was. Yeah, it was pretty extreme and the fogging inside the car as well was was quite bad. So you've got little pockets of the windscreen you can just see out of and um, and just varying grip conditions as well, which were changing lap to lap. There's a lot of standing water um, on the surface at tail and bend. It's quite a very smooth, uh, particular kind of bitumen they use. And, uh, you know, it's nearly like a river. It's like a glass river where there's a lot of water and uh you know, when you hit particular patches of standing water, the the grip was was like an ice skating rink rink, absolutely nothing. But once a bit of that standing water would dissipate, um, the grip was quite good and quite quite high, if you like, for wet weather conditions. But uh, that meant lap to lap, it was changing. So you'd find a bit of a rhythm once the rain at ease and the grip would get higher. Uh, there'd be a bit of a racing line, but then all of a sudden, if you got out of that groove or a bit of rain came down heavier during the race, rivers would appear lap on lap that weren't there the lap before and would just all of a sudden catch you out under brakes where you lock a wheel and, you know, you just go flying off the track at uh, crazy speeds. So it was really, really challenging.
3: So down this weekend. It's a historic circuit, one that's close to your family as well. Um, what's the key to a quick clap around there?
4: Yeah, Sandown's a uh, yeah, unique circuit. Um, you know, on paper, it's kind of two drag strips, if you like. So you do need, obviously, really strong straight line speed, um, but it's not as simple as that. Um, you, you need a car that brakes uh, very well uh, and has, you know, a very good entry entry balance when you're on the brake because there's some big curbs uh through turn one and through the turn two three chicane um down at dandenong road every everywhere you hit the curbs um you need to hit them at, at the right trajectory if you like so um you know it's, it's all good will just smashed in the curbs but you know car setup has a big part of the way your car sits on the curbs the way it, it lands off the curbs which is then uh, dictates your balance and your momentum as you get on the throttle. So um, although there's not that many corners, they're all very tricky to get right. Uh, particularly when you're trying to set the car up for a straight line, um, you know, you, you can often lose sight of, you know, the, the balance requirements, which is very important. So um, not not easy, but if you do get the car in the sweet spot, it's uh, one of the circuits that does reward you quite heavily because, once your car's good there, the times do come quite easy to you. But if you're off the pace, it's sort of one of the, the tracks where trying to find a few tents um, if you don't have it in the car is, is very, very difficult if the pace just isn't in the car.
3: So Sand down last year was very early in the season. Well, this year it's quite late. Um, so it's been quite a different time for for you in terms of driving early to, to now in the season. What have you, um, you know, learned from that event last year that, He's going to make that uh, maybe better performance than you had this time last year at that track?
4: Oh, I mean, so much. I've uh, just been obviously preparing ourselves in the last week and, and going through uh, you know everything we did there all that time ago. Now, I think it was only our second event together mm. for memory uh, as a team. So um, certainly a lot has gone down since then. Obviously, it's funny reading back through your notes from that time. And and now I understand what the notes mean so much better. Whereas, you know, some of my feedback from them was all, you know, the car was very unknown to me. So uh, now I read what I struggled with and, you know, we, we understand in the last year and a bit since then, what, what we sort of do to, uh, to maybe help us with those uh, balance issues or whatnot. So um, yeah, a lot's changed. The car's quite different. Um, I think we've got a better understanding of, of what we need there. Uh, but having said that, we know it is territory for uh, T8 cars in particular. Uh, it really does play to their strengths, absolutely. Um, but you know, we're, we're certainly constantly pushing our package. Um, you know, we'd like to think we, we understand um, you know, what we need to try and maximise what we've got anyway, and that's all we can do. Uh, and looking forward to it. I mean, we still had some positives there. The Starter last year, although we we didn't hold any trophies up. Um, you know, we were still in the hunt for you know the, the top five on the Saturday. I had a bit of an incident uh, getting pushed through the grass with a few laps to go. But you know, we we're on for a top five in the dry, even even with the struggles we had. And I qualified third in the wet on the Sunday. Um, had a bit of a spin and then fought back to fourth or fifth on the Sunday. So, you know, there were still some positives and, and we certainly know we're, we're sort of better prepared um, than, than we were last time, that's for sure.
3: Yeah, finally. So Sandown is a three-day format compared to the two-day format. So is that a preference and what advantages does that give you? It uh, doesn't give us any advantages. Um, it's just,
4: I think, I, it's... Uh, yeah, I, I prefer the three-day format. I think the two-day formats have been really, really taxing on, on the crews in particular. Um, yeah, they're, they're great if you roll out quick. Uh, you do have a big advantage on that Saturday, but um, it's non-traditional. Um, same for everyone. It's sort of, I think, maybe have a couple of them in a years, all right. But uh, you get a, you get, uh, yeah, you get a bit over those stressful Saturdays. Uh, there's just no time to analyse work through issues, uh, go through data. It's just go, go, go. So back to three days. Uh, Yeah, we have practice Friday. Uh, We actually have a co-driver session on Friday as well. So uh, I'll get the co-drivers in the car, get Alex in the car, which will be cool. And then we have another practice session Saturday morning. So, you know, we can, we can um, analyze Friday stuff, Friday night, which I enjoy. And, um, and, you know, just a bit more time to, 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 uh, fine tune the package but that's the same for everyone so um yeah I, I just enjoy that a little bit more just being a bit more um, thorough in your preparation instead of just
3: you got what you got and just hang on and get on with it awesome thank you Willie <clears throat> all the best for Sound Down and we'll see you down there duty thanks Tommy thanks Billy
0: you're listening to the latest from around the motorsport world the grid. All right, Richard joining us for our chat. And uh, as he always does at the end of the program, Mark Walker from therovestalk.com. Hello, Mark. Tony Shabeki, Richard Crail. We get to go back to Big Bad <laughs> Sandown this weekend. Well, oh, for you, you
5: for you, it's back to back Sandown. Yeah, there was good prep last week at the Vic State Championships there uh figuring out how many layers you need to keep warm and it turns out 4 wasn't enough. So I
2: I thought you were talking about how many of the armco layers you need to fix
5: when someone <laughs> oh. hits a Ruth, you know, well, it wasn't it the first fence repair was the concrete wall. Oh, really? My end knocked over the concrete wall. So God help us if something bigger hits a wall around there, we're gonna have a bit on. And it's it sucks at the moment, especially this week. It's destined to rain all week and it's gonna
0: you know, be the- it's gonna be soggy for them, isn't it? If they hit that going, oh, if they hit that all- grass at any
5: point. Those armco barriers are flat out going to be flat out, unfortunately. Yeah. So uh, hopefully everyone keeps it on the island. But unfortunately, we've got some big fields, and you know what happens when there's big fields? There's uh, a few minor incidents, and they're going to knock over some fences, unfortunately.
2: Yeah, I don't know if you've watched uh, Carrera Cup or Toyota 86s this year. Actually, Super 2's there. Super 2.
5: That's probably the the worst uh, candidate of the lot, I would have thought. The the place to watch that's going to be from that uh, bridge going over Dandenong Road because it's just far enough way back you'll be able to get the whole accident in. The road car bridge.
2: Yeah. Yeah, the actual access road. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Yes, it's going to be interesting. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, good.
0: Like it. It is weird (laughs) going to Sandown. We've got to say it is weird going to Sandown for sprint races, though, isn't it? It's just really hard to get and it was the same with Bathurst when we were there last year for sprint races at the start of the season. It just doesn't seem right.
2: Uh yeah, I mean I think we all want the Sandown 500 back while we can still have it back, but um I just wish they did something with it. It's just another event and it's well, the only do retro
0: round. Retro oh, exactly? Round
2: that's that's my point. Like it's just they could they could do so much to make it more than what it is, and right now it's just another another race meeting. And I I still think every round needs to be something truly and utterly unique in its own thing. You know, Perth they race under lights, Sydney's under lights. You know, every, everything's got a, a unique aspect. or needs to have a unique aspect, and I think Sandown deserves more than just being another stop on the calendar. Just purely on its on its history alone. But saying, uh, yeah, bring back Retro Round. You know, five hundred or not, okay, whatever. But the Retro Round thing was great and the vibe around it was awesome. And I've never seen so many people dust off the old Marlborough Holden Dealer team jackets and um, you know, Shell Sierra shirts and things like that from the eighties and Peter Jackson clothes from the nineties and things like that, um, for that round for all the punters, and I really think it engaged them. So I think we all agree that we need to bring that back before uh, we stop going to Sandown because there's really no other venues where you'd probably have a retro round.
5: It was almost steering into that whole touring car festival there at one stage where you'd have the main game. You'd have Super 2 slash Super 3, Touring Car Masters. You have this like unique touring car event, but Mm. uh, it's sort of... Uh, gone away from that, which is a shame. One thing I did notice there in the weekend, it looked like they were spending this week painting all the seats in the grandstand. So, uh, oh, really, the demise of Sandown uh, might be grossly exaggerated. You know, we ran a story there in the race talk recently, and it seems like the MRC, well, not necessarily MRC, that they, they really don't seem to know what they want to do at the moment. But Racing Victoria, at least, wants Sandown operational through to 2027. So, you wouldn't go to the expense of buying all those tins of paint to paint all the grandstand seats if you were going to bulldoze the thing in the next six months. So, I think that's a, a little bit of a sign, if we can read anything between the lines, that uh, they plan on keeping the place alive for a
0: little while longer. Hmm. Could uh, Simmons Plains maybe have convict round or something? Good <laughs> truth. Could we honour its history? Oh,
5: Simmons. No. no, that's the Australian Touring Car Championship, isn't it?
0: <laughs> <laughs> next question. Uh, next question, of course, the big news is, and we spoke to Brett Ralph earlier in the program, is the sale of DJR. We knew it was eminent. I uh, just didn't realise it was this close.
2: Well, you're probably more credentialed than anyone to talk about this, Tony Shabeki. Isn't because... that funny?
0: And <laughs> Hey? <laughs> isn't that funny? Why? Oh, because normally I wouldn't know anything about a sale of a motor racing team, but you're so, right. I probably is, am. This
2: is good. Let's draw on our knowledge. So for those that don't know, you've had an involvement with them and you, you touched on it in our interview with with Brett earlier that you've been heading up the comms for the Melbourne Aces for... The last four years, yeah. Yeah, four years. So you've worked with them. Um,
0: tell us all about them. What do we need to know? They're amazing people. And I, I think I said this in the interview. I touched on it anyway, but they are 100% honestly the most loveliest people i've ever met when it comes to embracing people as part of their family if you work for the ralphs you are part of the family if there's a family thing happening like a christmas party whatever it is whether you're the bloke who just works one day a week as a courier or whether you're the ceo you're invited to the christmas party your family's invited to the christmas party and it's and they put it on i mean there's rides and slides and food and all that sort of stuff. And they just love looking after people that look after them. And that very much is a dying breed in the business industry in Australia. But with the Ralphs, that is 100% the way they operate. If you look after them, they will back you to the hilt. But having said that, the other way is also certain as well. If you don't look after them, then, uh, yeah, obviously I think Brett doesn't suffer fools too well and uh, you'd be out in your bum pretty quick. So, yeah, just lovely people. Uh, Brett, and it's probably not my place to go into it too deep, but Brett had some health scares a couple of years ago. That's now past him, which is fantastic. And, uh, yeah, life's looking pretty good. You know, they have their fingers in a fair few pies, and I just cannot speak highly enough of these people and to see that they're involved in the motor racing industry. We... I'll tell you what, it's been a long time since we've had those sort of people around, I would have thought.
5: It's interesting. You look at what Penske brought to the DJR operation at the end of 2014. It was the Penske way, wasn't it? You know, that was a team that was on the brink there for a stage, if you go back to 2013.
0: And... But was the Penske way, Mark, was that that sort of family environment or was it just a really strong business regime?
5: It was probably a bit of whatever the Penske way is. It's the whole ethos of it, isn't it? It's the having the right coloured tiles on the floor, have your shirt tucked in. It's yeah, okay. having it's it's all those little yeah. facets of. So the it's Penske. very much
0: a business ethos.
5: I guess so. Yeah, but saying that, there's probably more to that as well. I mean, it's not business; it's high performance
2: ethos. Yeah, okay, yeah,
5: yeah. And, yeah. and I don't know if a little bit of that has been missing from them. Uh, and another facet of that too was that. Penske was clearly very strong on the business side of things too, with their business-to-business stuff that they'd have going on with a lot of the backers. And you look at the partner page to this day at Dick Johnson Racing, there's obviously some sort of connection still there because a lot of Penske companies are still listed on the back end of that website. So um, it's going to be interesting to see how all that pans out. One thing, um, I sort of moonlight over the side at carsales.com.au and taking a step back looking at this the last five years 22 of the 25 cars in this field have had some sort of ownership or control change Mm. in their makeup the ones that are missing the team 18 those two cars charlie still owns them and controls them and one of the erebus cars because barry ryan bought into one of the wrecks he bought half of one of the wrecks every other team has had some sort of ownership change makeup or whatever have you you know right jones Brad Jones. Well, Kim's gone. That Mm. half share went to Brad. You know, I think that's a positive for the sport, that people want to be involved. You know, they're seeing potential in the sport, that there's value there. They want to be involved and a part of
0: it, which is, I think that's a good thing. And I mean this with no disrespect to anybody, but and I honestly mean that, but if Dick Johnson wasn't Dick Johnson, would Dick Johnson Racing still be running now? No. No, because it's been through so many yeah, ups I, and downs, hasn't it? I,
2: they wouldn't have su- survived no. the the twenty what thirteen period, twenty twelve thirteen. You, I don't you look think.
5: look at what what Ryan Story brought to that. You know, the business mm. smarts there just to go, hey, this is the situation. This is what you got to do. One hundred
2: percent. But if it wasn't Dick Johnson, Ryan oh, Story wouldn't he, have. He wouldn't have done it. it yeah, because and, and if Dick Ryan Johnson
0: Story did do it, it wouldn't be Dick Johnson racing. It would have been well. It would have been, been, been a full takeover or something. It just yeah. But,
2: but he bought into that because he was a Dick Johnson fan, which, which is, is fantastic. And it's still, which is great because it harks back to the fact that even though it's high level professional sport, ultimately there's still a, a passion side involved, I think, which is tremendous. And, but people extract their passions in different ways. And I think we got that from that chat with Brett earlier in the show that his passion might not necessarily be motor racing, but I think his passion clearly is seeing entities that he's involved in succeed. Yes, correct. And the Melbourne storm have certainly been successful and the Melbourne aces, I know have been successful in baseball.
0: They were, they were out on their, they were out on their jocks. They 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 had the the bum out of their pants, the Melbourne aces, Brett Ralph and the Ralph family come in, in the last four years, they've won two Claxton Shields consecutive, which they'd never done before. Plus, the Melbourne ballpark is akin to any minor league ballpark in America now. It mm-hmm. would be, and I have no issues in saying this, it would be the best ballpark in the Southern Hemisphere, the Melbourne ballpark, what they've done to that place in the last couple of years. That's just his ethos. Well, and Let's this, get that... in there, do the work, get it done.
2: This is another interesting element of this buy-in is that the entity that's buying into Dick Johnson Racing isn't Jet Couriers or it isn't a family trust. It's the Melbourne Aces. Mm. So that that's their decision. But if you look at where baseball sits on the grand scheme of things in Australian professional sport, Minnow. it's outside the it, it wouldn't even be in the top ten Specs. No. Group three tier. Tier
0: so, three yeah. sport.
2: Yeah. Easy. And but like in terms of media exposure and branding, I would argue that the Shannon's Nationals or Motorsport Australia Championships gets, is probably more valuable than the Australian Baseball League at the moment. Possibly. Unfairly,
0: because I think the baseball product that we have here in Australia is quite oh, good. Sure, 100%. No one knows but, about it. But it's not part of the culture, no, is it? So I, I just find
2: it very interesting that they're, in a way, using motor racing is also going to raise the profile. Because I bet you, let's say there's 25,000 people at Sandown on the weekend – I would, I would bet you fifty bucks that better than half of those, if not more, had no idea there was a baseball team called the Melbourne Aces in Melbourne.
0: You could be right, yes. But, could but how many
2: now will learn that? So I, I like, I kind of like the strategy in
5: a way. Look, when just before the pandemic, when Brisbane were a hot team, like they'd sell out Perry Park every game With, over yes, the summer, hundred percent. Is it the same deal in Melbourne?
0: Uh, not sell out, but we. We get anywhere between 1,000 to 1,500 a game, yep. which is reasonable. I mean, it, it really yep. is reasonable. In the, in the ballpark that only holds 2,500, you get 1,500 in there, you're nearly full. You get mm. a good atmosphere. Yep. Finals time two years ago, we had 2,700 in there. They yep. had to get people into areas that they never had before, which is great. And I'm not knocking it, but it's still, oh, but it's still, still 2,700
2: way, ah. way behind the sandfall, for example.
0: Yes, correct. It's Which, even behind. It's even behind the NRL. Well,
2: <laughs> that's good. That's good. <laughs> Way bit. and look. It's. I was going to make a soccer yeah, joke. No soccer I was going to make, make, <laughs> go make it, a Richard. soccer joke. No, no, no. We cop too much shit when yeah, people no, when we do that. So we'll just ease off for a week or two. I think soccer crowds live are okay. No, I think their TV
0: crowds are just just appalling. Their ratings aren't great either. But anyway. Um but you, you know what you know what I like about it, and I've had a couple of journos ring me up over the last 24 hours wanting to have a chat to Brett and, and wanting me to organise an interview. Mm. And the first thing they say to me is, Tony, who the hell is this guy? <laughs> no one generally knows this is something that has just come from so left field. It's fantastic. It, the sport needed it. Well, I, to I, an extent. I think it's good in a way as well, because
2: I think there's enough people in our sport. Who are happy to be front of camera and loud and brash about it?
0: Yeah.
2: Whether they're a team owner or whether they're a sponsor, whoever it might be, nudge nudge, wink wink. Um, I think it's nice that from everything we've seen, these guys are going to take a behind the scenes approach. Ryan Story is going to still run the ship day to day. Dick Johnson's still going to be the figurehead day to day. Um, that's great. I, I don't mind that at all.
5: Look, it's going to be a really good deal if we can just get more Ryan story on Twitter out of this.
2: Yeah. Hopefully I, yeah. there's a bit
5: more capacity there.
2: Yeah. He live tweeted one Sydney race weekend once and it was instant hot in the power rankings yeah. and it was actual genuine insight. I tell you what, what we need, we need to go to Ryan and do a deal where perhaps we can... We can donate some of our very meagre budget to charity and maybe he could live tweet for the race talk for a round. Could,
0: could we call it ryan's story
2: <laughs> no, that would mean it's instagram or something mm. that's not uh, one of your better works i'm not gonna lie to you but uh
0: i tried it was quick
2: but, uh, I don't, it was full credit to you but anyway i think we all agree it's good news big investment yeah. And legitimate business people coming into motorsport is a good thing, 100%.
0: And I generally hope that Anton Di Pasquale gets some commission on a! <laughs> well, whether it's commission or just a long-term contract. <laughs> Ten-year ten Buddy call.
2: Franklin style deal, why not?
0: <laughs> why not? Oh, yeah. Ask Dave Reynolds about that. Well. It works well. <laughs> oh, right.
2: I don't think he helped broker a sale of a race team, though.
0: <laughs> this weekend, uh, back to normal. Or do we actually start to see some difference happening at Sandown? You're kidding. So no, I'm not. I'm just
5: Shane Van Gisbergen. Do we not recall the 2019 Sandown 500 and how yeah. you go and look <laughs> up the power rankings for that meet? And it was Triple Eight was so far hot that there was nothing else in the hot. It was yeah. just ridiculous. And then last year he was crushed. His skeleton was crushed, mm. literally crushed, from 17th, on the greedy smoked them. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, uh, they're going to need a fair bit of rain. Um, Armco's launching onto the track. I don't know, but it's going to take some beating.
2: Yeah, so when you include the 500 and the the sprint races, 888 have won 11 of the last 14 at Sandown. The, the
5: last uh, Ford win was 2017 Waters correct. and Stanaway. Yeah, exactly,
2: uh, which, which was a surprise
5: yeah.
2: in its own right. It was, actually. Mm, Very much right. remember that day. You're right. So, yeah, it's hard to see, especially given he's won the last six straight. No, five straight, I should say. Two in Townsville. You've and already given, in him <laughs> given him Saturday. I've given him, I've just handed him Saturday, especially if it's going to be half wet. Uh, I think that battle just goes back to that, that battle for best of the rest and, and who makes their mark on the, the final few rounds in, in the battle for second, third, fourth, fifth, and maybe sixth with Brock Feeney. But I, I tell you what, I, I think now... Now's the point of the season where we need to see something more from Brock Feeney. So yes, his teammates utterly braining them, but I feel like we're at a point now where we need to start seeing Brock be a regular rear gunner for Shane.
0: I, I think he's far enough yeah, into his you career. Believe, you believe that to be the case now? I would have thought that's next year. I thought this year was all about consistency well, look, and then go and shoot the lights out next year.
2: We're what? We're nine nine rounds in um, more than 20 races um he's coming to a circuit where he's got lots of miles so he won the super 3 championship at sandown uh in 2019 so he knows the place yeah i look i i'm not begrudging his performance i think sixth in the championship in your rookie year is a very very impressive performance yeah and by no way and means do i expect him to be taking wins off svg but i'd like to see him by this point of the year a little bit further up in that that fight because i don't think he's played a massive role in that battle with your waters and your Antons and your Wilbers and your Chaz's of the year. So no, no, far. they've had
0: their way with him. There's no doubt. Yeah.
2: So that's, that's what I'll be looking for, for, for Brock Feeney starting this weekend. I think if there's a track where he can do it, it'll be Sandown. Triple eight cars are always amazing there. So I'd love to see what he can do starting now. And then Pukakawi will be tough work for him cause he's never been there before, but going on to Bathurst and then the big races at the end of the year, this is the last. Um, real single driver event, I think where he's got this opportunity. Bukakoe is going to be tough for any rookie going there,
4: mm.
2: especially if you've never raced a Kiwi category or something like that. So, yeah, I, I think Sandown's the big opportunity for Brock to really straight him stuff and and i'd I'd like to see him on the podium in a couple of races this weekend. I think for his year that's a um not necessarily an important box to tick, but I think it will be a good one for him to tick. I don't think you disagree by the way.
0: Yeah, no, and uh, you're right. There's a big gap between SVG and the rest of them. Uh, who else fills the podium then? Yes. Like
5: to <laughs> well, who's going to be not, who's going to have some sort of consistency this weekend? I mean, probably Waters has mm. shown a fair bit of consistency lately. I mean, he's up to second in the point score. So, I mean, he's got the recent form on
0: the board, I guess. But Probably a good uh, opportunity for WAU to actually turn things around a little bit too, isn't it?
2: Yeah. yeah, And look, they had good pace at the bend, didn't they? So they, they were pretty strong there. They were okay in Townsville. They were good and good-ish in Hidden Valley. So they've been okay, but not spectacular. So yeah, probably good opportunity for Chas. He's a long way out of that fight for second now as well. Mm-hmm. So 1,540 points to 1,803 for Waters, his old mate, a little bit further up the road. Now, that could all change pretty quickly when they roll into Mount Panorama in not that many weeks time, but um, yeah, he'd he'd need to string together a few more uh, strong results, but uh, like Will Davison, probably I think his season deserves another decent string of race results given
5: how much qualifying pace he's had. But even then waters has been getting more polls. He's now ahead in the Mm. poll tally after uh, that effort at the bend. So, know yeah, Willie was the, the form guy with six poles, but now it's been eclipsed by Waters. So the Mustangs have plenty of qualifying pace, but they're just not converting it on race day, are they?
0: No. I'd love to see Andre continue doing what he's doing. He's had been pretty good. Well, not riding off cars. Oh, yeah, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> not Don't really his that. fault, but
2: <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Uh what else? Uh Andre Heimgartner back uh in a, a rebuilt or well, brand new car basically so BJr resurrected another chassis um I've really enjoyed their work actually on the socials not really simple little videos but hmm. but Brad talking us through the way that they've been going about the process of of how how's the damage that on that wreck it oh, was tough. Yeah, was wasn't it yep that was up there with the crashed um Chaz Tickford car at Bathurst it's oh, still the in the that, museum with the chassis damage there.
5: The the ones that were bad were Rick Kelly's when he got mm. t boned by Willie at uh, mm-hmm. Simmons Plains. And also Courtney when he got snotted by Premo at uh, Phillip Island where they had the... Yes. ...where it pulled Backed the sides it. out of the car. Yeah. Like, Ugh. yeah. The ugly. amazing
0: thing about that is he, he only travelled 70 metres. Who? Maybe 100. Andre. For the impact.
2: Yeah, they go, they go pretty quick. No, yeah. no, 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 I know that, but yeah. I'll do it's 0 to 103 and a half seconds. So. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm... <laughs> and it was five before he got drilled. So yeah. he, got, he got hit doing 140 k's an hour. I don't, it'd be pretty close to it. I think it was 135 point yeah, of impact. Yeah. So yeah, big shunt and yeah, but car did its job. Uh, car The car, Ryan rule worked very well, avoided fire, but that DNF and then the non-start in the, the two last races at the bend have really hurt Anton, uh, Andre, sorry, from a championship point of view and he dropped two spots because of that. But so I'd love to see a, a good return from them. And you gotta keep in mind that they were in genuine form. So from Perth onwards, they had not finished outside the top 10 up to and including race one at the bend and that included two podium finishes and two fourth places. And one of those fourth places could have been a podium had it not been for tie wear. So they were in genuine hot, you know, form leading up into the Enduros and he was well up in the championship as a result. So Andre's middle portion of this season was outstanding and absolutely deserves a spot in the top 10 in the championship for it, but hopefully they can rebound and hopefully that rebuilt car is is good and he can continue to pick up where they left off after Saturday at the bend.
0: Now, did I dream this or did this, or am I actually talking oh, some sense There we here? go. Uh-oh. Is, is it true that there was a lot of teams that had the new warning system disconnected from their dashboard? No,
5: they just had it configured differently. Mm. Uh, okay. there, there's different ways that they were allowed to configure it, but now they all have to be configured in the same way. That is all bells and whistles at the start. If there is a stall car, yeah, there was different methods of how they've got their lights mounted on the steering wheel or the dash or whatnot. Yeah. And and for
0: those people that don't know what I'm talking about, there's meant to be a situation where a car stalls on the grid, that the lights are meant to flash to warn the driver that something's happened on the grid. And in this case, unfortunately for a few cars at the bend, it didn't happen. Yeah. I mean, due to this configuration that they had,
5: you're all eyes forward. You're not there necessarily looking down at the dash or Mm -hmm. around for flashing lights when you've got a fair bit going on off the start. So uh, they're trying to, standardize that and get those lights right in the eye line of the driver so they can see them in future. It's also worth pointing out that there were some comments after
2: it, that the yellow flags didn't fly from pit wall, which is absolute bunkum. they hundred percent did fly the yellow flags, but it's the same. Well, yeah, the flags not...
0: were definitely going you Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. There were
2: photos from the other yeah. side in front of that grandstand, looking across and the yellows were flying hundred percent. But yeah, again, it's, you just need the system as good as it possibly can be. So the driver can see it out of their peripheral vision because, they're not looking directly at their dash, and they're certainly not looking at the side of the racetrack where the flag points are. They're looking ahead to try and gain as much of an advantage
0: as they possibly can. Yeah. Well, and I do know what I did, Dream, and I won't talk about that. Stop uh, Carrera Jeez. Cup. Jeez. Jeez, yes. I need <laughs> <Yeah>. to <definitely>
2: help. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Carrera Cup, yeah. Um, fifth straight round for them following the supercars. So they've gone Winton, Darwin, Townsville, The Bend, and now Sandown, and they get a break after it really good championship uh harry jones has had a tough couple of weeks rounds in the series so uh he's his weeks been, have been fine off track yeah the the kid's still kicking goals and congratulations to he and his lovely other half emily who have uh announced their engagement in between rounds oh, so beautiful. young bloke uh, goes pretty well but uh yeah he needs um a really solid weekend at Sandown. he's the fastest ever driver there in a cup car at the the non-championship event at the end of 2020 so he goes well there but gee it's competitive now and dylan o'keefe coming on strong david wall as always in contention but the one they're all trying to run interference for is aaron love who's not in the championship well he's not technically in the championship mix because he's still going back and forth to europe but he's now fifth in the standings (laughs) He's missed two rounds and he's 183 points off the lead there's 181 points up for grabs in any given weekend yeah so all of a sudden uh young aaron is very much a factor in how this championship plays out so he's in super form he's back this weekend and another little potential history in the making boys carrera cup uh has had seven different round winners from the last seven rounds dating back to bathurst last year five from five this year uh the record is eight which has only ever happened once and that every round of the 2014 championship had a different winner, so uh, they could equal that this weekend. If anything, if this season's anything to go by, there could be uh, an eighth different round winner in eight rounds, which would be a huge accomplishment.
5: And based on how competitive it's been, there's every chance that that could be a thing. And you know what? I'm absolutely here for Morris Pro Am. That is like the world championship of Porsche racing
2: you right there. It is so it good. Is, it's
5: good. It's outrageous.
1: It is. Oh, ho- hopefully, yep.
2: no one gets put on their lid this week. Well. Yeah, new new car has been built for uh Liam. Good.
0: Mm. Super threes and super twos. Now, as a super three commentator, Richard, do you just commentate I'm not the commentatorship <laughs> X? <laughs> oh, so does Chad do Super Two do you do No, that's not how it, it works. Nothing. It
2: does I don't know. Do
5: you even pay attention to the races, Tony? Come on.
0: <laughs> yes. You warned me you were going
2: but, to yeah, do I that. Did
0: warn you. Richard. And I <laughs> said don't. <laughs> no, you said you get the same response, and I yeah. did. Which was a massive, massive
2: WTF?
0: Yeah, correct.
2: No, no. I I look after some of the words behind the scenes for Super Three, but uh, it's a good little championship. And Kai Allen has been very impressive, driving for Eggleston Motorsport. While out in front, all the Super Two guys just go full Super Two, and I expect absolutely nothing different from them this weekend. It's <laughs> very, very entertaining. It's a
0: beautiful track for it. But...
2: If there's a race where you go and watch Super anything this weekend. Make sure you're in the grandstand at Big Bad Sanddown to watch Super Two, because it will go guarantee you something insane will occur. Yeah, sit up the back of the grandstand is probably yeah, the hot tip. Yeah, avoid the debris.
0: There's, uh, there's every chance that someone could end up in Dandenong. No, oh, not Dandenong Struth. Road, Dandenong. You know wow. that dam behind Turn Four? Has anyone ever ended up in there? No, yeah, nearly. It could happen. Could happen. It could happen. Wow. <laughs> the Armco don't, sound barrier don't could save. be broken, especially because that grass is going to be. Just filthy wet. And if you get on there. Well, if you hit that ski
2: jump at turn three hard enough. It is Moomba on the Yarra. (laughs) That's a long way back to Melbourne. Uh, Anyway, I like it. Matt, good weekend ahead. Looking forward to getting there. I'd like going car racing at Sandown. It's excellent.
0: Yeah. Uh, We didn't have any IndyCar, did we?
2: No IndyCar, no Formula One. Don't like it. No. Don't like these off weekends. Very selfish of them to give themselves three weeks off in Formula One land. Summer break. I'm joking, of course. Before you at me, but uh, yeah, I'm quite... sure you are. Mm-hmm, kind of <laughs> uh, quiet weekend. Bit of uh, NASCAR Cup continuing to entertain Mark and ah uh, oh, the playoffs. The, the finisher continues to uh, find form at the right end of the
5: season. Mr. Where did he come from? <laughs> um, he went Thanks 65 Mike. races without a win. Now he's got two and two races. You know, they, everyone was banging on last week. Oh, is this his last ever race? So he comes out seven days later and wins again. Cop that. Mm-hmm. But uh, he took one uh, away there at Richmond. Um, if it went for another lap, Christopher Bell would have got him. Chris, Chris Busher was in the mix too. It would have been a real wild card in the mix. And Ross Chastain crashed into Kyle Busch, which was just great to see. Mm. Ross <laughs> crashing into everything every single weekend. It's just a, it's a work of it's... art. No one's going to let him win the championship this year. Especially when it's Kyle Busch. That's fantastic. Yep. Like hey, it. I saw the um, Adelaide Motorsport Festival has got a date.
2: Yep, it does. Uh, It will be the week before the Australian Grand Prix, which makes a lot of sense. Now, if you're semi-intelligent, you'll read into that somewhat Mm -hmm. and maybe you'll put one and one together and get more than two. Mm. And I'm not going to say any more on that, but uh, I get the feeling there's some very, very cool things happening with the Adelaide Motorsport Festival. Now,
0: conveniently, the week before everyone from Formula 1 is in town for Formula 1. Can I just say, wouldn't it be wouldn't here. it make sense that if it's the week before the Grand Prix that you brought the Adelaide Motor Festival to Melbourne? Yep. This is where everyone's gonna be. And, to and you Prix. know, and you know oh, what? I,
5: I understand that your team Adelaide Motorsport Festival, but for so many years the Phillip Island Classic was the week before the Grand Prix, which made a lot of sense. And I myself as a tourist from Queensland would came down for a week, started at Phillip Island and you sort of stayed in the same area and you didn't have to Transfer flights. So you come to Cadillac. Adelaide now and then no, it's a I just a short just, eight hour drive over. Yeah, that's it. So I just hope that next year that Phillip Island isn't on that same weekend because then you're going to be eating into the potential competitor pool and spectator pool for both events. Like there's going to be somebody miss out somewhere along the lines. I know that you're going to refute that, but no, no, I don't. No, I would hate I'd... to see
2: a cool car go to Phillip Island and not come to Adelaide. But I don't think it'll hurt spectator turnout.
5: Ah, there'd be people like I'd come over for the motorsport festival, but if Phillip Island's on at the same time, I'm going to go to Phillip Island because they've got yeah, 500 and something cars. It's there.
2: a CBD event. They're, I, I, they're going to have 50,000 people there anyway. I don't think that's a massive drama. I, it's, it's getting the cars that'll be the, the right. problem if it clashes. But then they've got their date. So they've, they've gone early. Government's on board. Week before Grand Prix, they're going to do a heap of stuff that, I think will it'll make a decision whether you're going to come or not pretty easy if it's right up your <laughs> right up your alley
0: yeah uh yes correct so what do you say you reckon that there'll be a lot of f1 personnel come over for
2: well shebex you don't need to be a rocket scientist to work out that the logistics make sense if you come for that and then you need to be in albert park on thursday the week after so i'm just I'm just throwing spitballing here, but it makes a lot of sense, doesn't it? When you're running an event that's themed around the Adelaide Grand Prix era,
0: wouldn't it be lovely if Sebastian Vettel brought the Nigel Mansell? Who knows? That'd Could be lovely. Have,
2: that'd be amazing.
0: I'd
2: probably rather Nigel Mansell brought the Nigel Mansell championship-winning
0: <laughs> wheels. <him>, but anyway, <laughs> all right. Time for our power rankings, hot and nots from the week of motorsport. Yes. Can I start? Yep. Please.
2: Super hot uh how privileged and lucky are we that we have such good coverage of motorsport in this country so supercars tv coverage is outstanding Yep. the coverage if i do say so myself from the speed series shannon's events is fantastic yep uh and last weekend uh given a large fit of lethargicness and Terrible weather. I spent a lot of my weekend not doing an enormous amount here in South Australia. And for a lot of it, I had the Blendline TV stream on my TV, streaming from my phone uh, from the Sandown Vic State Round. How good. And it's bloody good. They do a ripper job for state level motor racing to have that level of coverage. It is fantastic. And it's not far away from the product that was being produced for the Shannon stuff 10 years ago. So it, live motor racing is fantastic. Well done to Blendline TV. Boo to anyone who rubbishes them for having a go because uh, I really like it. So,
0: no. can, well I add to, can I add to yours mm. that today I watched three games of women's football, girls' football, mm-hmm. year 9 and 10 live streamed on the Herald Sun website. Yeah. We are just getting live streaming happening from so many different things here in Australia. Brilliant. And it's all good quality. And yep. it all goes, the commentators know what they're talking about. Uh, apart from a couple. <laughs> up in Queensland. There we, right. uh, we go. Uh, <laughs> Move on. Move, Move on. Who's next? Uh, yes. uh, but no, otherwise, live streaming in Australia
2: is fantastic. Not just no, motorsport, like but of all sport. But this is a motorsport podcast, so well done, Blendline TV.
5: And you know, further to that, my hot was that, mate, because I was there and Sunday morning I went and had to talk to Dan from blend line and reminisce about the old days i mean i used to do the community television of the state stuff in queensland rich you did the stuff in Mm -hmm. south australia and just saying you know how good a job he does but how hard it used to be back in the day you know like they've refined their system so much and have all the live timing and scoring that consistently works which is something that took a long time for Supercast to make work yeah. quite, quite frankly it was always a, a bit of a standing knot there for them not having that work but uh yeah the, the whole meeting was was really cool there's some really great racing especially like the formula Fords. if you squinted it could have been a national round the quality of the field there it was absolutely on some really red hot racing and good racing across the different fields so there's one more round of the Vic championships to come at Phillip Island in about a month's time. So that'll be worth checking out if you're in the area or get on the blend line and get on blend line anyway, because they've got they so do many nice good stuff. Mm. They do really good things mm. the week before they were up at
0: historic Winton, which was a really good mate. Absolutely. And thank you boys for leaving my hot to be the purchase of DJR by the Ralph family. Uh, great to have Brett Ralph and his brother, Sean, and that uh, whole family, and that whole structure involved in motor racing and, uh, yeah, we'll be a lot better off for it, I can tell you that. So uh, well done to them and well done to uh, to DJR. Like it. Yeah, that was always going to be yours, mate, given yeah, your relationship
2: you. with them. My uh, not. My not. Uh, I was challenged by this because uh, I'm not opposed to what's going on at the 2023 Formula One Australian Grand Prix. And I think it will be an incredible event. And I'm very excited to see Formula Three and Formula Two live in the flesh because often their races are better than the grand prix that follows and i'm keen to see how they are at albert park but my little frustration and it comes from a vested interest as well i'd admit is the chance for an aussie category outside of supercars to not be on that program because it looks like now it it will just be f1 f2 f3 supercars and and i think maybe porsche but um a category like s5000 while it's not an entry level category it it allowed other people to have a crack and race at albert park and the field was the biggest it was deals were done based on the fact that they were going to be at albert park and a lot of young drivers got on the grid for that one weekend to have a crack um so it's a it's a half-hearted knot but it is a little disappointing to see them not going back because i thought they put on a really good show this year, their racing was really good. It's, it's probably the best s five thousands has been since that Phillip Island event last year. So um, it's a little bit of a not there for mine this week that they're not going to have another crack to, to show what they're capable of and, and gives them, yeah, an Aussie drivers an opportunity in that open wheel landscape and at such an important event. Mm. Good
0: one. Good one.
5: A uh, bit of a hot take here and we've sort of avoided the subject.
0: Is it recently?
3: a
5: not or a hot take? It's a, a not take. Okay. Uh I'm not really entirely on board and it's grating at me. Oscar Piastri at McLaren. I just don't see that as a great life decision. I mean, obviously there's politics and there's reasons why it's gonna happen but uh as far as a, a team environment to be going to, you know, that's Norris racing over there. Norris is the protege. It's eaten up and spat out Dan Ricardo, who's a really good race car driver and was before he turned up there and destroyed him, he's not gonna have a lot of chances. You would have thought that spot on Alpine would have gotten around him and cuddled him a bit more and been a bit more forgiving of a rookie season. He's gonna have to perform and stick it to Lando straight out of the gate, I reckon. But um and and, you know, it's a team that has a lot of talent lined up waiting to replace anyone who isn't pulling their weight.
0: So no, and you absolutely spot on Mark. No, you no, you do know you you absolutely know, mate. You've hit that right on the head at Alpine he can have a rookie year and not score many points and all that sort of stuff. And all is forgiven. as his first year. Let's get on with it.
5: And, and frankly, and McCurran, like as, a, as a team, Alpine's, I reckon, you know, they're, they're battling in that same yeah. sort of space, aren't they? Sort of fifth to seventh. I don't disagree
2: but, with either of you. However, why is everybody leaving Alpine? That's the only question mark. There's something toxic behind the scenes there. Alonso wanted out. He's gone yeah. to Aston Martin, for Christ's sake. They're a terrible oh, Ricardo team. Ricardo wanted out. Ricardo wanted out. Um, the former team boss wanted out, or was he sacked? I, I just, there's, there's something something fishy in Denmark. Is it the culture? I was quoting Monty Python, but you've gone straight to the French. Uh, anyway, uh, good knot. No, it's a good knot. It's a
0: valid knot. Oh, no, well. extremely. What sort of knot, Chevex? Have- I didn't really have a knot because there hasn't been really much happened. Oh, come so on. Hard to You've got to have a knot. But I have got one now because you sort of gave me a knot earlier on. And it's the cancellation of Retro Round at Sandown. Supercars, do something about it. Let's get some more cold chisel. Duran Duran and the Beatles playing over the speakers in between races. Let's get some funny costumes happening from some of the people that we've seen over the last few years. Box get Brandies. Retro Round back. Thank you, Jack Perkins, for Try to oh yeah, that's do something to walk yeah. retro round. yeah, but uh, otherwise it's just going to be just a boring old three races at Sandown. That's wow. Shane van Gisbergen all be... bolt in every race. I going so. to be boring. You're yeah, underselling you're... it a little bit. Um, <laughs> you you
5: just sorry, wait. But... Marlborough sales and Springvale will be way
0: yeah, up. Yeah,
2: totally. <laughs> Full credit to the moustache. That is outrageous. Yeah, uh, that is properly leaning into. But chocolate.
0: even the even the uh, even the photoshopping.
2: From the photos,
0: yeah, it was, which is fantastic. No, it Beautiful. Well, no, that's it.
2: a good not, it's a good knot, Chebex. Uh, it's a good knot. That's been the Doric Power Rankings with thanks to our friends at Doric. Go to doric.com.eu forward slash shop and find out more about their excellent range of products. They are proud supporters of the Race Talk.
0: I think we need to get hashtag DoricGuy next week. I haven't seen him for a while.
5: Yes, well, traditionally he comes, comes on for our post event review, yeah. so we'll definitely get his takes next week. And head to the racetalk.com for the Doric Inside Line magazine, 40-page bonanza, 10,000 words, which really made my fingers bleed this last week. Better because, uh, than the official event program. Yep.
0: And, yeah. in, the, if and, in, the next, and in the next few days, head to the race talk and get to see my second-ever article. Wow.
2: I'm just in the process of proofing that as we speak. (laughs) 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 I like it. We're we're going to have the whole whole gang together this weekend, boys, at uh, Big Bad Sandown, so can't wait to be there and uh, looking forward to a big weekend of motorsport.
0: Catch you then, guys. Catch you again right here. Thanks for listening on The Grid.